You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Hello and welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Friday, February 9th, 2024, and you're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, wrapping up your work week here at RadioAlbion.com. As always, I'd like to start off reminding we have our Spin Long Shakes support links here on the Daily Nationalist. I thank all of you who have dropped him a note, an email, a letter, postcard, or thrown some financial support his way. It all means a lot. I want to thank you once again uh, on both my own behalf and on Sven's behalf as well. Speaking of Sven, I do have a, uh, I have been conversing with Sven and I do have a note he asked me to pass on. He says, and I'll just quote it here. Dear Grandpa, can you say thanks to Eric for writing to me? He added what you said, because I've been talking obviously to Sven about Texas by explaining how it was already republic in its own right before joining the union and has unique standing because of this. It all does sound like theater on the border. Yeah, I mean and and legally speaking, you know, Texas was supposed to has it, you know, to where it could go back to being an independent country. Of course, we're in a post-legal society, so all that is kind of irrelevant, but it is interesting. Um it is interesting in its own right. And yes, of course, the border stuff continues to be quite a bit of theater, but it is still interesting. And and sometimes things can just, you know, things don't go as the planners think they will go. So it's always, always important, I think, to kind of always, I always try to keep an eye on these things. For this week's show, for today's show, rather, uh, I'm just kind of doing, I don't really have any particular news article. I'm just kind of looking at the week and review and different things I've seen. And I thought we would, uh, we would discuss and kind of wrap up our week, kind of, kind of looking back at certain things. Of course, big news today is the Tucker Carlson has re- he released his interview with Putin. I've not watched the uh, the interview. I've read some of the uh, you know wrap ups, the hot points, you know the the takes on it. Unsurprisingly, Putin started off uh, with the, like a history lesson for for the region and. Any of you who are familiar with how Putin does all of his interviews and 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 how he does speeches and whatnot there in in Russia, he always he has a tendency. He usually does this. I've seen different different interviews he's done with Russian media, or uh, you know where he holds you know conferences where he speaks and whatnot. And he does always have this thing where he'll start off sometimes with a forty five minute history lesson going back to whenever. You know, and and to discuss all this history for a certain area or a certain topic being discussed. Now, that is probably generally off-putting to a Western audience, which this interview is going to obviously be taken in by is is a Western audience, and that's off-putting for people that he's going to go off onto this thing and start the whole thing off with this history lesson because Western audiences, especially I obviously speak about the u.s audience they're so 
indoctrinated in this zero history mindset. The people in the country today have so little concept of history because history is largely ignored. People have this mindset of every day is zero history. This is part of the propaganda. There is no history. Today is day zero. History starts from today. History is not taught much in school outside of Martin Luther King and the Holocaust. This, And I don't even mean that jokingly. That is pretty much how history, the amount of history that's taught in American schools today, Martin Luther King and the Holocaust, anything beyond that, people have no real concept of history. I remember years ago, uh, and this was a lot of years ago before I was as well-informed, shall we say, as I am now. And I remember talking to somebody who was a college student who was like fixing to graduate and myself and, and some other uh, people around my age, we were standing around discussing, I think it was something like the Civil War, different things going on in the Civil War. And all of us were basically just high school graduates, but we were in the same age bracket and we were talking about the Civil War and this person who was fixing to graduate college was completely lost on what the hell we were even talking about and finally this person looked at us all and said how did y'all get so smart and i responded like well no they used to actually teach history in school this person was a senior in college and had no idea about any of these different aspects of the civil war because they don't teach history Putin understands that to understand where you're at today, you've got to look at the history. All of these things have led up. I tend to go off on the same same sort of tangents sometimes. You can talk about things that are going on today, and because people have been indoctrinated indoctrinated rather with this zero day zero, you know, today is day zero of history, history starts today mindset. You have people that look around today and now we're at clown world swirling around the toilet and people act like, oh my gosh, it just started today. How did we get here? How did we get here today? It's because of Biden and the Democrats just today they started doing this. But you got to go back. I go back all the way to the founding fathers and say, well, you know, you can see where this was a seed planted and then you just start moving forward. We it's. Not an uncommon thing to discuss the role the baby boomers have held in in the degeneration of the country. But as I point out, I've been known to point out, well, the baby boomers didn't hand the Federal Reserve the control of the money over to the banks now, did they? You go all the way back, you can keep going back. And this is I you know, this is the reason Putin does what he does. He'll start off, you know, somebody says, Well, we want to talk about, for instance, Ukraine. Okay, well, he's gonna back up to the seventeen hundreds or something and start talking about the history of the area. So you have an idea of what's even being discussed because you can't talk about it in a vacuum. You can't talk about it as, well, uh, you know, starting just in twenty fourteen or twenty twenty or whatever the case may be. You gotta understand understand the whole history of the area, the peoples that live there, the different events that have framed the mindset and the views of all of the parties involved. And this will be off-putting. This part will be off-putting and probably a lot of at least American audience that sees this are probably going to fast forward through this and be like, boring. We want the sound, the sound bites. You'll talk, you'll hear people and they'll criticize other people's shallow points of view, but yet the vast majority of people 
in this country today have a sound bite mindset. They just they did they want to hear the sign the sound bite. It's got to fit on a bumper sticker slogan. It's got to be you know they they just want that 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 hit, that sound bite. Just tell me the high points. They have the attention span of seconds or minutes. They only can't understand the concept of well all these events over hundreds of years. They're all related in bringing us to where we are now. If it's, it's a it's a sad thing because if people did understand that, then they would be better able to grasp, you know, why why we are in the situation we're in. And like I say, you see it illustrated in people who are just now things are so bad you can't deny how bad they are. It's in your face, and yet they understand they've been ignoring all these things for decades leading up to this. And they think if they just they just fix a few things that are going on right now, this is where this tinkering mindset comes from. We just need to tinker with the system. We need to fix it. We just need to tinker with the system because you don't understand the system has been broken for a long, long time. In some aspects, the system was broken the day it was invented. They don't understand that. They just now have realized, because now it's they can't turn their eyes away from it, how broken the system is. So because they have that zero history mindset, they think that, well, we just need to fix whatever's been going on the last couple of years. I always have, I've often pointed out the silliness conservatives will spout at you. We just need we just need to get back to the founding fathers. We need to get back to what the founding fathers envisioned for America. That's what we need to do. I mean, and if you if you press them on a little bit, you'll find out very quickly that they don't have any more inclination towards the founding fathers than your most extreme leftists out there parading around in the streets. Oh, we want to get back to the founding fathers. Okay, so that means you're for women not voting. Hallelujah. I agree with. Oh, easy there. Easy there. No, no. We we got to have we got to have women's rights. So, okay. So 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 no civil rights act at least. I mean, that's that's his recent history historically speaking. No civil rights. Act. Oh, no, my gosh. That's a, we got to have civil rights. Oh, gosh, we can't we we we, we can't uh, denigrate the contributions of St. Martin Luther King. We, we, we've got to have that. And on and on it goes. They'll spout out you. So they'll spout, spout at you. I'll spit it out here in a minute. I'll spit out my spouting out here in a minute. They'll spout at you that they want to get back to the founding fathers. But when you start pointing out what that means, they quickly abandon all of that. So it means nothing because they don't have a real concept of history. They have a romanticized view of history. But they don't have an actual view. They don't have any understanding of how things starting back here have led us to where we are today. So you wind up with all these people that think, well, something just went wrong because I just noticed this. It can't mean that things have been broken for a long time. It's like if your car has been smoking and making a funny knocking sound under the hood for six months now and you've ignored it. But today you're on the side of the road and there's oil running out from underneath of it. And you think, well, Something broke on it today. Well, it's had a problem for a while now, and you've just ignored it. And these people think that, well, it's just got to be something recent. It's just got to be one thing. We could just tinker this. If we just get Biden out of there, everything will be fixed. They don't understand the things leading up to it.
speaking of things leading to other things, and, and, I, and the system is on its way out. I mean, it, it is. It's and it's pretty. You can see a lot of topics. Uh, a lot of times, the topics regarding this have to do with things internationally. You know, and 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 the role the empire is playing. And you see, international players see that the empire is crumbling and 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 losing. You know, it's in steep steep decline. And this is all well and good, but it's also domestic. I, I saw a story just the other day. And it said that I think it was since 2020, credit card, private credit card debt, because I'll talk about government debt, and that doesn't mean anything to anybody because the numbers are so astronomical. What does that mean? If you tell somebody, hey, you owe this guy $1,000, they understand what $1,000 means. If you're listening to this and I talk about $1,000, if I tell you, well, I had to go to the doctor this week and before I left, they charged me $500. (laughs) That means something to me and you because you understand what $500 means. Probably because you don't have it, (laughs) or at least, you know, anyway. You understand what $1,000 means. You understand what $500 means because those are numbers you're familiar with, and you understand, you relate to that. You look at that, and you say, wow, a $500. For for instance, me, when I have to pay the doctor $500 to leave the office, I guess unless they would hold me, kidnap me, hold me hostage if I didn't pay them. You know, that's a big hit to my budget. It's a big hit to me personally. I don't, you know, I, that's a lot of money for me. You understand these, these, these numbers. They mean something to you. When you talk about the government debt, which is in trillions of dollars, you understand that's a lot of money, but it doesn't actually mean anything because what is a trillion dollars? Can you wrap your mind around a trillion dollars? I can't. Not really. That's just, you just might as well say a gazillion million, you know, make up some term for it because it doesn't actually mean anything. But I saw the story and private consumer credit card debt, private debt. This we'll say we'll start off talking about private debt. Private debt is already also an astronomical number, not government debt, but debt owed by people. The amount of debt owed by people. Now, in a usury-based economy, which is what we have, it's a usury-based economy. There's always going to be more money owed than there is money in circulation. And when you wrap your mind around this simple fact. Because of charging interest, because we have an interest-based system, there's always going to be more money owed than there is money in circulation. <laughs> it's one of the things I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I, the, the pause you just heard right there was me, my mind going, I want to go off on this tangent and this other part of my mind going, don't go off on a tangent. I'm going to go off on a tangent. This is the foolishness of people who sell their soul to the devil. This is the foolishness of people who take the ticket. This is the foolishness of people who take the bribe. You see, those who control the money, they offer you money if you'll sell out. If you'll sell out your country, if you'll sell out your people. Think of whoever handed the banking, for instance, the banking system over to the creation of money over to the banks. They give you this money. 
say or say you're a you're a celebrity and you can make it big you got to take the ticket and we'll tell you what to say we'll tell you how you're going to live your life how you're going to present yourself in public all of this is scripted all this this nonsense talk about celebrities you know taylor swift and who she's dating and and this is all the media is talking about and they don't even understand all of that is scripted when you take the ticket when they let you use the money and and the fame, all of that, who you go out with, who you're seeing, who you're presented to in public, these are all. This is all scripted. It's all for show. You don't actually own yourself. The foolishness in this is that when you take a bribe, say as a politician or a celebrity, whatever the case may be, you take the ticket. They say, okay, here's some money. Let's say you get a million dollars. I'm, I'm just pulling a number out of my head here. They give you a million dollars and you think it, man, it's totally worth selling my soul to the devil for a million dollars. Only it doesn't cost them anything and it costs you your soul. It doesn't cost them anything because what are you going to do with the million dollars? You're going to spend it. It doesn't do you any good. You're not just going to put it in the bank and stare at it. You're going to cash it out and put it in bills and set it on a table and sit there day in and day out and stare at your million dollars. You're going to spend it. But because the usury-based system means there's always more money owed than there is in existence, what does that mean? That means whoever creates the money, eventually that money will inevitably circulate back to the same people who gave it to you. Does that make sense? It's going to you're going to spend it. And because more money is owed than exists, that means whoever is issuing the interest, eventually that money they gave you that you sold your soul, you traded your soul for. At some point, you're going to spend that million dollars and it's going to circulate around. It'll change hands, but eventually it will wind up right back where it came from. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years, 20 years, or the next generation. What matters to them is the money wound up back to them. It didn't cost them anything. They got it back. And you sold yourself out, your soul, your dignity, and who you are. You sold it out. And they got it back. And you sold it for nothing. Because now the million dollars is gone. You know? We're here today, whoever's an ancestor related to the people who sold out the country, say to the Federal Reserve, they're here suffering through the same thing. They're not getting a benefit out because that money's long gone. It went back. It went back to the ones who handed it out. Now, reeling that tangent in because it really doesn't have very much to do with what I wanted to get to. I saw this study. Okay, we have this massive consumer debt already. People are tapped out. This is one of the reasons the government continues to borrow and borrow more money is that they've got to keep it going. And private debt is, is tapped out. People just don't have it anymore. I saw this study. I, I read this story, rather. And they said consumer credit card debt, since I think it was 2020 to 2023, three years, has gone up 14%. Now, understand, it was already untenable. It was already unsustainable. And in three short years, it has gone up. 14% credit card debt. Now, over the past several years, I have seen numerous stories also highlighting that people were more and more spending using their, I'm sorry, more and more using their credit cards to buy things such as food and gasoline for their cars. They can give, 
they can give you all the BS government statistic numbers they want to, and it doesn't change reality. That 14% increase in consumer credit card debt, consumer credit card debt, that tells you that people are now having to use their credit card to buy things that they weren't having to use. I mean, what was the increase for? What is the increased 14%? What's it going towards? I don't think it's going towards people using their credit card to buy a new boat. No, people are using that credit card because they're sitting there at the end of the week and after paying their bills, they don't have any money to buy food or gas to get back to for it to work. So they're using their credit card. Now, this sounds crazy, but it is what it is. When people are in that position, they just use the credit card and they know that it's unsustainable. But they just do it anyway because they have no other choice. And they figure they just hope that something good will happen down the road and they'll get back on their feet. And they have the nerve to come out and say, oh, the economy is doing great. Why GDP numbers look like this. None of that matters. We all know those numbers are massaged, faked, and they use certain uh, parameters to make them say whatever they want them to say. We know that for a fact. That's a well-documented fact. The real statistics that matter are things such as this. People are already tapped out. They're already buried in debt. And yet consumer credit card up 14%. Auto loan defaults are going up record highs. They're going up higher and higher. All of this says the people are broke. The people don't, (laughs) the people don't have any money. Now, In relation to the decline of the American empire, this is very significant. And always understand, this also applies globally, internationally. I can, if if me, a regular guy sitting here in Texas, a regular guy just like me and you can look at these things and wrap their mind around it, I can assure you there are very smart people in Russia, China, and Iran who have looked at the same thing, come to the same conclusions that I have. This is the these this is part of the internal crumbling. Let me put this in a way that is very clear. I have said is a hypothetical, and it is, it's complete hypothetical because you couldn't actually do it. But as a complete hypothetical, if you could organize the population and just get 50% on board, you wouldn't even have to get everybody, 50%. But if you could organize the population and convince the population to default on their credit cards completely, if you could convince people, look, it's unsecured debt, they can't do anything about it. Just default on it. You would bring the entire system down overnight. You would. You would bring the entire, because the banking system would completely collapse overnight if you did that. Now, you couldn't do that. They would sweep you up. If you were trying to do that, they would sweep you up and throw you in underneath a prison. They'd probably send you to some CIA black prison in Poland or some shit and torture you to death. You couldn't do that. But hypothetically, if you could. But here is the thing. You don't have to do that. They're doing it themselves. You see, the increase, people are already buried in debt. And now you have a 14% increase. People are already defaulting on their car loans and you got to have your car. You're not going to let your car go unless you just broke. And now people are running up another 14% on their credit cards. What are they doing with that? Buying food and gas 
You see, you don't have to organize it. What's going that 14% tells me that inevitably you're going to hit a point. You're going to hit a point to where all of a sudden everybody goes broke and they just default on what are you going to default on first? You can default on your credit card payments. If you got a choice between losing your house or losing your car or making your credit card payments, if you understand that it's unsecured debt and they can't do anything about it, you're going to default that credit card bill. Well, so you get to a point where enough people do that and you bring the banking. The banking system is is going to crumble when that happens. And it's them doing it. This system is doing it to itself. And this circles back to the whole thing where more money is owed than exists. At some point, it all has to come crumbling down. Now, what's that going to look like? Because it's going to happen. Look, at some point in time, you're going to have mass default on all these credit cards and the banking system is going to come crumbling down and it's unsecured debt. Now, we know, we know the government is not going to stand by and let the big banks eat anything. And I think this goes into the great whole great reset idea from the World Economic Forum, because the what you're going to have, because it's legally they're, they're allowed to charge 20, 30, 20, 25, 30 plus percent interest because they justify that and say, what's well, unsecured debt? So they're taking a greater risk. But what happens when you have massive defaults on credit card debt and it threatens the quote unquote too big to fail banks? You have the government rush in and they're going to change the law. They're going to try to pass a law and change the contract. And all of a sudden you're going to find out that this unsecured debt is suddenly secured. Why, if you own a home or a car, now that belongs to J.P. Morgan. Now that belongs to Wells Fargo. Now that belongs to Citibank because after all, it's a matter of national security. You're threatening the very banking. We have to rescue the big banks. Thus, you morph into the Great Reset. Remember, you'll own nothing, which means they'll own everything and you'll own nothing. And by golly, you'll shut the hell up and you'll be happy about it. I think and and I don't give these people more credit than do these things look real good to these eggheads on paper because they don't have any connection with real people. They don't. They live in a different world than you do, and I can assure you that you listening right now. You understand these people, these World Economic Forum people, you understand them a hell of a lot more than they understand you. People give these, people have a tendency to give these World Economic type folks way more credit than what they deserve. They're not nearly as clever. They want you to think they are, and they themselves think they are. They're not nearly as as clever, rather, as they get credit for. All of this, what I have laid out here of the government coming in and and basically saying, you owe all of your assets to J.P. Morgan Chase because you have to save America via the big banks by letting them take all of your shit. This is the sort of thing that some college professor or, or, or these type of people will sit around and do a theory paper, write a thesis on. And it sounds really great. And at the end of it, guess what? It's a happy ending. We own everything and the people own nothing. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy, which means we'll own everything. Voila. Total worldwide slavery with a few people at the top owning everything. And I'm telling you, that's detached from reality. 
I said here a while back that here in America, the whole thing about, you know, Americans loving their guns. If, like, if you live in Europe and you hear about Americans and how they are with their guns, that is way overhyped. If, if, if the government came in and said we're taking everybody's cars from them, that's going to be a whole lot more violent backlash than any action on guns. This idea that they're going to come in, and I do, I think this is all kind of a pre-planned backup plan when it inevitably all collapses, that they'll change the law and say that you know it's part of your patriotic duty to give up your house to J.P. Morgan. You just pay rent to J.P. Morgan to live in the house that you thought was your own. Good luck with that. This is, this is the kind of crap that sounds good in theory. I mean, it sounds good to them. It looks good. Why we could do this, and then see, then you change the law. People got to follow the law, and and we'll own everything. The people own nothing, and everything will be good. It'll be a great global reset. We'll offer them some bug paste and a pod to live in, or maybe just have them pay rent on the house that's already been theirs, and they'll own nothing, and they'll be happy about it. We'll tell them, well, you can even live in your house for free. It's just that after you die, it officially becomes ours and you can't, your heirs can't inherit it. It sounds good in theory. It ain't going to happen. Not as a practical matter. It, it's not going to happen. Because at the end of the day, any government law, any diktat, any whatever, it comes down to they have to make you do it. People don't pay their taxes their income tax here in the U.S. They don't pay their income tax. It's technically technically a voluntary tax, but everybody knows, everybody volunteers because everybody knows what happens if you don't volunteer. People pay their income taxes not because they have some sort of patriotic duty to pay their fair share. People pay their income taxes because if they don't, they know that men with guns will come and take their shit and probably throw them in prison. It all comes down to you're going to have to have men with guns to enforce this. If you're going to pass a law and say to save J.P. Morgan Chase, your house now belongs to them. Okay, that means nothing unless men with guns show up and tell you to get the hell out of your house because now it belongs to J.P. Morgan. Who are they going to send? They don't have enough feds to send to do that. And there's too many people. They're going to have to send the local cops. Everybody was appalled at the behavior of the local cops when the Uvalde school shooting happened and all these cops are standing around dithering about going in there because they're, 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 there's an active shooter in there. He might shoot at us. And we got to think about officer safety here. Put that on a scale times six million. You think the local cops, how, how many times are local cops going to show up to tell somebody that they got to get the hell out of their own house that they own? Because after all, now it belongs to J.P. Morgan. They're going to be thinking a whole lot about officer safety and pretty soon they can get all the written orders. OK, here's your list of houses you've got to go evict the people living in them from today. And I'm going to tell you, those cops are going to go sit under a damn shade tree somewhere and stare at their phones and and say well nobody was home when they go in their shift because they ain't going to go get shot at overcoming and telling somebody well your house doesn't belong to you anymore because you got to do your patriotic duty and save Citibank or whoever the hell else it only works if men with guns are going to show up and enforce it and this great reset idea falls apart right on that because who are they going to send 
You're going to come tell somebody, you're going to come tell a man who thinks he's owned his house for 10, 15, 20 years that now he doesn't own his house. It belongs to the banks because reason, because the government says so. You're going to have to show up with that. Really? Good luck with that. I mean, you know, like I say, it, it is going to take very long and you're going to have a nationwide local police behavior of Uvalde. They're going to sit outside and, and sit out in their car and say, yeah, nope, I don't think anyone's here. And they're going to leave because they're not going to get shot at over J.P. Morgan. They're going to get shot at over J.P. Morgan over Citibank to save the big banks. They're just not going to do it. And then you're back at square one. You're back at square one where the banks are going to collide. This is part of the internal collapse. And again, I'm just a regular guy, just like you and me. I ain't, I ain't no better than any of you listening. And if I can look at this and put these pieces together and figure it out, again, you can rest assured that all these countries, that this government is constantly antagonizing Russia, China. So I guarantee you they're very smart people in China. They're very smart people in Russia, around or wherever, who they know this too. People are always like, how come Russia and, Russia and China just ought to just go to war with the U.S. and teach them a lesson? Because it's not a bar fight. They understand time is on their side. This is all, all going to come together. It's all going to come to a head, and it's all going to come crumbling in. They, they, they've created, and I really don't have time to get off on too much more of a tangent. I need to wrap up. But this is one of the reasons they have created this. They've ingrained this false idea into people's head that they have a moral obligation to pay these users this this user system to pay these usury banks you have a moral that's a moral issue that if you don't pay those credit card bills why it's a moral failing they create that because they want you to to be indebted to them they want you to be a slave to them people will falsely attribute the biblical passage of the wicked borrow and do not repay. And they'll say, see, it's your Christian duty to pay these banks. They leave out the part that usury is forbidden in the Bible. So it can't apply to the usury system. It can't apply to the usury banks. They, they falsely apply that to give you this idea you have a moral obligation. And so people wind up killing themselves trying to pay debts that they can't pay. But that only goes so far. Because as you see with this 14% increase, at the end of the day, you run into the reality you know, the reality that regardless, if people don't got it, they don't got it. If people don't have it, they don't have it. You repossess, when, when the bank repossesses somebody's car, legally speaking, when they repossess you, because say you owe $20,000 on your car, you just can't make the payments. The bank comes and they the record rolls up takes your car they're going to run that car through an auction that you owe twenty thousand dollars on and you behind on your payments they come and repo it they're going to run that car through an auction if they run that car through an auction and it only brings 10 grand legally speaking you're on the hook for that other 10 grand you still owe that 10 grand to the bank for a car that you don't even have anymore but that doesn't ever really go anywhere why because well if you had the money you would have made the payments you wouldn't got your car repoed in the first place it comes back to the old saying of you can't get blood out of a turnip. They can't. Yeah, legally, they need to get that other 10. You owe that other 10 grand to the bank. And it doesn't matter because if you don't got it, you don't have it. They can create this false moral paradigm that you owe the users all they want to. 
But at the end of the day, if people don't have it, they don't have it. And you can't get blood out of a turnip. The system is unsustainable. It all comes back to this whole thing where the system is not sustainable. It's not going to go on. They act like it is. People and people do. They act like it's just going to keep going on forever. It's 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 winding down. It's going to come crashing down and burning in a most magnificent fashion. And we're all probably going to get to see it. I'm I'm older than probably a lot of y'all, and I'm I pretty confident i'll probably get to see it i don't know how many days god has given me on this earth but i'm probably going to see it and so will you it's going to be a sight to behold it's going to be interesting interesting times for sure well i hope you have an interesting weekend we'll wrap up on that note i appreciate you joining me today i hope you've had a chance if not I hope you get a chance to go back and check out our great content uh, that we had up all this week. Dr. Johnson had a great show up yesterday on uh, on Yemen uh, versus the empire. These things are all related. What we talked about today and like what Matt Johnson's talked about yesterday, internationally, domestically, this is all, it's all intertwined. I hope you get a chance. You may be too busy watching the big game. It's a Super Bowl weekend here in America, buddy. We got to stop everything. Maybe in between these things, you get a chance to check out all our great content here on Radio Wildman. At least I hope you do. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you'll be back uh, next week because we, we plan to be back at it again next week. So as always, keep the faith, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion. Talk radio for the nationalist community.